Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 37 of the Oilfoot Basics Discover podcast. This is the podcast where we try to learn something new about our incredible industry on every single episode. I'm your host, Derek Craig, and with me today is a return offender. <laughs> We've got return guest here. We've got Robert Chockley on the line with us, and this is his third episode. His first two went over pretty well. Uh, all been around wireline. Today, we're going to be talking about conveyance of wireline. Uh, a lot of good topics there to hit. Uh, so looking forward to that content. Before we dive into that, I don't have too much of, um, an, I guess, an opening or any type of update. Um, I do want to let you know that we did just drop a, a video. That we, we've actually shot a couple of videos with Renegade um, just recently, last couple months. And I think there's somewhere along the span of three to five of them to release. Um, the first one just came out. Um, so it's actually talking about what a microannulus is, kind of how they develop, um, mitigation efforts, how we can mitigate that. And it also talks about their new wireline. Oh, this is cool. I didn't, I didn't re- realize the connection until now. Wireline uh, deployable tool uh, called the CET tool. And uh, we, we go over that and kind of talk about what that is and, and how it works. And, uh, and it just it's a pretty cool tool. So check that out. Uh, we also got a couple snaps of uh, um, the the sales representative talking about it and uh, detail. We've got some cool animation. So that's a pretty cool video that just came out. It's on our YouTube channel. I'll be posting it here on LinkedIn uh, probably today or, or, or the following days, sometimes soon. Uh, if you're following us on LinkedIn, you'll see it. Um, also, we've got a couple of videos that have came out, but do want to encourage you guys to also be uh, remember our courses that we have on our site. Uh, we do have that oil and gas economics uh, economic evaluation course that uh, we're going to be trying to start marketing a little bit harder here in the, the coming weeks. But that's a very, very good course for anybody who's trying to learn how to do models um, on economics and approved projects or anybody who's going to be venturing into that realm, especially um, those engineering or anybody real technical minded or if, you know banking industry or some of these affiliate industries. We've got a really good course for that. Uh, we've got Someone he's he's a, he's a professor and he's been in, involved with lots of different uh, types of engineering roles, especially on uh, the development and planning side and reservoir engineering and completions. He's been kind of all over the place in terms of roles. So he's author and he's got a lot of good content uh, there for that course that he's pulled together for us. So check that out. That's on our site. Um, also, I want to encourage you guys to leave a review. It's been a little while since someone has done that a written review on our on our podcast and I'll read those on the air here whenever I see them. I don't check them on every episode I should, but uh, go ahead and drop us a review that helps others find it. And please, please be sharing it along your, among your friends and, and help help this continue to grow and, and to be a platform that we can all truly learn from. I also encourage you to be a guest. Like I said, Robert's been on this uh, podcast three times now. Um, bring great content every single time. You guys, uh, please feel free to reach out to me and tell me what topic that you know about <laughs> and w- what you could help uh, teach the rest of us about. So we're all learning together. So without further ado, like I said, Robert Chockley is on the line here with me today. Third time. How's it going, Robert? Yeah, Derek, pretty good. Uh, just surviving Houston. We're actually starting to cool down a little bit, so that's nice. Sounds like you're <laughs> in for a deep freeze over there in denver yeah for sure so i was, I was telling him at a time here we're going to drop about 50 degrees over 12 hours and we just started dropping about an hour ago so <laughs> windy and dusty and all kinds of it's just it, you can just feel it blowing in here so we're, we're going to get some snow uh gonna be my first colorado snowstorm i guess so uh yay for that yeah, <laughs> with it stuff. comes a, a sore throat that i've picked up today so <laughs> whatever yeah. but uh we're pushing through and like i said uh robert he's been with us a couple times i actually met him oh, a couple months ago uh whenever i was down in houston met up and had dinner with him so it was a cool time there so cool to have him back on the show he's a wireline consultant and uh his like i said his last couple episodes he talked about um what was it? Applications. Talked about wireline applications. So it's pretty cool to talk about all the different tools uh, that are run and, and just some of the different scenarios in which we would run wireline. Um, then in the second episode, and these are back-to-back episodes, second episode we talked about uh, more of the op- more of wireline from an operations perspective, um, rigging up on site and going through you know the, the procedures and, and, and all that. So a lot of good content and uh, looking forward to this one. We're going to be talking about wireline conveyance. But with that said, uh, Robert, you want to tell us a little bit more about your background? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So I, I, I know I covered it a lot in the other two episodes, but uh, since then, uh, basically some changes have happened. I, I had to drop one client uh, to make room for a bigger, uh, more lucrative client. Uh, and, and as you might catch on later in the episode, they are in the uh, wireline conveyance business. Um, they've got some great technology. I'm very excited to be a part of their team. Um, I still have my own consulting thing going, but uh, 
but this client has taken up almost all my time, which is great for me <laughs> and great for them. And I'm, I'm just really excited to be a part of it. So uh, yeah. things are going well for the business. I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, I'm, I'm making a real go of this thing. And if anybody was worried after the first two episodes, I'm <laughs> happy to report that uh, things are alive and well. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. You've definitely been a pretty good supporter of, of the show. And like I said, always came on with pretty valuable and, and great information. And your, your, the episodes, the two prior that we've talked about, um, have been some of the better performing episodes of the podcast. So Really good content. That's so looking forward to this. Very one. interesting to know. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time I told you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, th- those those consistently rank as some of the the top downloads for our show. So, congrats. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, that's good to know. I'm glad I'm able to spread some knowledge around and, and help some new engineers out or just people who are curious about wireline because there's uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Oh yeah, well, it's definitely a very very wide broad field and i think i really saw that and like i said the first episode that we did with, with the applications so many things i would never even thought about um the, the wireline can can do and now like i mentioned before like renegade and, and their new cet tool um helping to basically seal microanalysis and stuff like that's wireline too so there's so many things conveyed by wireline so pretty pretty cool industry pretty cool side of the industry to be in but so let's uh whenever you're talking about uh conveyance what are we talking about here we're pretty much just talking about what just getting it down to the bottom Right. So the the challenge with any wireline job is is how do you get the tools down to the zone that they need to be in to take the measurements or perform the uh, services that are are that the operator is after. So um, if you've got a vertical well, it's relatively simple. You just rig up your tools on the end of your cable and you lower it down into the well. So gravity is the force that's pulling it down to the bottom of the well. As long as you don't have any uh, obstructions or the the well hasn't you know caved in or something like that mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy just for the tools to go all the way down to bottom no problem um, now as you get into more deviated wells you know as we know the Permian West Texas is all about horizontal wells uh, your, your tools are not going to get all the way down to bottom by gravity alone um, However, you've got some of these in-between wells that are just, you know, 45 degrees maybe, maybe 65 degrees deviated. Uh, you can still get your tools to slide all the way down. Um, however, mm-hmm. once you get up towards that, uh, I don't know, 60 degrees, 65 degrees, that's sort of your limit for uh, your tools actually being able to slide all the way down. This, this all depends on uh, what condition the borehole is in. Maybe there's some washouts that your tool is going to get hung up on. Maybe it's kind of a poorly drilled well. Or on the other side, maybe your tools have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, diameter changes or things that could hold up on any small ledges in the well, uh, bore. So mm, um, as, as you get towards higher deviations, uh, it, it's a lot harder for your tools to get down. Um, in reality... 60 degrees, 65 degrees should be okay for most tool strings. However, a lot of operators are going to get nervous uh, somewhere around, you know, 40 or 45 degrees uh, and say, hey, uh, you know, we don't want to make multiple runs at this. It's going to be difficult. I don't want to get stuck, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, And so they start looking at other options uh, as far as uh, getting the tools down to TD or, or just ensuring that they can get down to TD. Mm-hmm. So, so as we get into those higher deviations, you've got to start exploring other options. Um, uh, so one of the first ones that you might think of is, hey, let's throw the tools on the end of drill pipe and push them all the way down to the bottom of, te- uh, of the well. Hmm. And, and this is traditionally called pipe conveyed logging. Uh, different companies call it different things. Uh, Schlumberger calls it TLC, tough logging conditions. Halliburton calls it TPL, tool push logging. Uh, I think Baker's got the, uh, the the best name for it, just pipe conveyed logging, because that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's all the same thing. They call it something different for whatever reason. But uh, anyways, you're, basically, you're just attaching your wireline tools to the end of drill pipe and using that to push it all the way down to the bottom of the well. Okay. Now, why not just use like um, like sinker bars? Um, or like I know, like in, in completions, we, we commonly just pump it down, right? So we just send water behind it. And then because the, at least the tool is there in completions, like the plug or whatever is almost the, not too far away from the, the full, you know, idea of, of the, the casing that it will actually grab it and pull it out. Right. So 
what, why not use you know those those methods? Right. So that is actually a great method to use, but it is kind of predicated on uh, only operating in you know casing or tubing. So uh, a lot of the pipe conveyed logging that I'm talking about is is only performed in uh, open hole. Oh, okay. So, Gotcha. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have that uh, <laughs> OD um, you know similarity where you can actually get uh, some fluid pressure built up behind the tool to push it. Gotcha. Um, often you'll have a tool that's you know three maybe four inches OD, and your your well bore is eight and a half or twelve and a quarter inch. Um, so you just can't get that that pressure differential to push it down all the way. Gotcha. And then with with the sinker bars, what you can just don't. Probably still add so much weight, and you still have the friction and everything, right? Is that well, of right? So, so you can uh, you, you can put more weight onto the string, but uh, ultimately you're just adding more friction to to the tool string as well. So, uh, gravity is going to be acting to pull it down a little harder because you got more weight, but it's also pulling it into the wall a little harder too. Mm. So, it, it, adding it, more friction, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So they're scaling up uh, proportionally, and and you're not going to get any more motion that way, at least in higher deviation wells. Gotcha. Um, so, anyways, as far as pipe conveyed logging, um, you know, I'd like to get into the the how do we do this? Yeah, for uh, sure. Type of question. So, um, you know, first thing you're going to do is you're going to rig your your tools up in the uh, you know rotary table as normal. And then on top of that, instead of putting your wireline cable head that interfaces between the cable and the tools, you're going to install uh, a special wet connect uh, electrical interface that kind of acts as uh, both an electrical crossover and a uh, physical crossover to the drill pipe so that you can attach your tools to the drill pipe. Um, Once you've got that on, you're going to start tripping in with drill pipe until usually around the casing shoe. Um, you don't want to push your, your tools into open hole blind, you know, without any um, data coming back up from them to, to surface. So once you get to around the casing shoe, uh, what you're going to have to do is install something called a side entry sub. And that connects directly onto the top of the drill pipe or between, you know, drill pipe collars. And it acts as a you know, portal or a door for the wireline cable to go th- from the outside of the drill pipe to the inside of the drill pipe. And on the end of your wireline cable is the other half of that special wet connect uh, connection that I was talking about okay, so on that, top of the tools. That side entry sub, that's going to stay at surface then? Uh, for the time being. Okay. So, okay. but that you're, so, okay. So you're, yeah. For, okay, I'm just for this next step through there. Right. But the, yeah, that, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a complicated thing. But, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to picture this intuitive. all in my, my mind too. That now the wet connects, you're talking about, you know, you basically all their wireline tools. So it's kind of just hanging out at the end, right? You don't have drill pipes slid over this. This is just out at the end, right? So, of so this, this Right, so there's kind of two halves of this wet connect. One is down on, on top of the tools, acting as that crossover to the drill pipe. Mm-hmm. The other and or the other half of this wet connect is uh, looks kind of like a spear, with a uh, electrical connection on on the bottom end of it, and it is connected to the wire line. So the the wire line and and so the the end of the wire line and the spear are inside the drill pipe, on the inside of this side entry sub. Okay. And the cable extends out through this uh, rubber gland, basically, in the side of the entry sub to the outside of the drill pipe. And what you're going to do with this spear, you know, wet connect head is you're going to run it all the way down uh, the drill pipe to the top of your tool string where it's going to latch on and make that uh, electrical connection with the tools. So this is actually where some of that pump down technology comes in, because um, often that casing shoe might be horizontal at that point. So mm-hmm. you will use some uh, pump pressure to keep the wet connect head and the wire line moving down the well, even in a horizontal situation, to um, you know basically crash into that uh, other half of the wet connect on top of the tools and and make that latch. Um, so it, it, it's similar to any other pump down operation really, cause your, your diameter similarities are, are close enough at that point that it'll get that pressure, uh, differential to, to keep it moving. 
Gotcha. gotcha. If that makes sense to you. Okay. But anyway, so so we've we've got the yeah. Let, let's let's illustrate what we've got right now. It's hard to do over audio, of course. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you've got your tools on the end of drill pipe. You've just installed the side entry sub at surface on the top of the drill pipe, and you've got the cable passing through that side entry sub with the wet connect. Uh, still at surface, but then you run it in real fast and pump behind it to keep it running. So you're you're basically threading your wireline cable through drill pipe to your tools. You make that latch, and now you can communicate with the tools. Okay, so your power, tools weren't data. there from, like you weren't tripping in with your tools. You get all that set up, and then you trip in your pipe, then you pump down your tools to that uh, wet connect? Yeah. No, no, no. So, so <laughs> all, yeah, it, it, this is, this is the completely unintuitive thing. Right. Um, and yeah, th there are ways to pump tools through drill pipe called through bit logging, but I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Today. <laughs> my apologies <laughs> but, but to my listeners. No, no, it's <laughs> they no probably all get this. They're like stupid host. <laughs> no, no, honestly, even when I started doing wireline, I was like, how the hell do we do this right. pipe <laughs> logging? This doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. Do you have to cut the wireline every time you put in a standard drill pipe and all this kind of <laughs> stuff? Anyways, in, until you actually get taught about it, it, it's this mysterious voodoo magic. But <laughs> anyway, so so the tools, your logging tools, are made up on the end of the drill pipe down in the well. And the wireline head, so the interface between the cable and the uh, tools, gets passed into the drill pipe through that side entry sub and then the head itself is pumped all the way down and makes a connection with the tools down in the well gotcha so it's the so head. that that's how you, yeah okay. so it's it's that special head that special wet connect head that uh gets pumped down and establishes you know data and electrical connection with your tools oh okay so and, and when you yep. when you were talking about putting all this together before you start tripping in you you said half of that wet connect right so there's two halves the other half you pump down right yeah oh, okay. so gotcha. so basically <laughs> the, the male and the female you know more gotcha. or less yep yep but the the tools are already down there so okay so uh moving on now that we've got the tools at the casing shoe we've got the cable uh through the side entry sub connected to the top of the tool string mm -hmm. uh we have to continue moving the tools into open hole down to the bottom of the well. So at this point, we're just adding more drill pipe in on top of the drill string that's already in the well. But now you've got to be careful because your wireline cable is on the outside of the drill pipe and you have a risk of it getting crushed between the drill pipe and the casing. Mm. I mean, that, that wireline cable is pretty strong, but it's not going to stand up to, you know, 50,000 pounds of, of drill pipe spushing it against some steel casing. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's some precautions you got to take here, and you got to have good communication with your, uh, you know, with your driller and your tool pusher and make sure that, uh, that everybody's on the same page here. Um, but if you follow the procedures, things go fine. I never crushed a cable in my career, um, although it, it does happen, and sometimes it's even out of your control. But... As long as you you follow procedures, you're fine here. You just got to be, uh, you know, cognizant of the fact that you've got wire line on the outside of pipe now, mm -hmm. and you certainly don't want to rotate your drill pipe. Otherwise, you're just going to wrap that cable around the the, the drill pipe and probably risk uh, uh, smashing it or or um, you know ripping it or something like that. Some kind of damage. Mm. Okay. Um, so, you know, you keep throwing drill pipe into the string, pushing the tools all the way down to the bottom of the well. Um, you want to make sure you're you're checking out your you know drill string tension and compression on what's called the Martin Decker. Anybody who's been up on the rig floor probably knows uh, what that is or saw it, but maybe didn't know what it was. Yeah, I've never but heard it, it called it's, that. It's <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's basically uh, I think it's because Martin Decker is the or was the most popular uh, brand of of this um, you know drill pipe weight mm -hmm. on bit mm -hmm. uh, measurement. Uh, in, in, in the old days, I suppose, it was just a, a regular old needle dial, but it's probably all digital on, on most rigs these days, depending on where you are. Um, but anyways, that, that's just telling you how much weight you've got on the end of your uh, drill pipe. And 
for instance, if you're pushing your tools down and suddenly that spikes up and oh, suddenly you're you know pushing 20,000 extra pounds, you've probably run into an obstruction and you might be crushing the wireline tools on the bottom of oh the drill pipe, which is a risk everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, and you, you hope that your driller is paying attention and doesn't crush your tools. Um, because if they do, usually they have to pay for them, which, you know, <laughs> depending on your wireline company's situation, that might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. All right. <laughs> yeah. Might have been the last tool you had, but it might also just be another source of revenue uh, off yeah. of a depreciated <laughs> asset. You know, I don't, I don't want to play that game, but, you know. Yeah. Now, is this pretty um, much always used for what, logging a, a horizontal that hasn't been cased yet? Right, so so this is for or deviation and how to be horizontal, know, I guess. Right, right, horizontal or highly deviated, uh, you know, open hole. Um, if if you're in cased hole, uh, like you said, there's usually a way you can pump mm -hmm. down, or maybe you'll run on coil tubing, uh, for instance. Um, or if you're doing production logging, those are smaller tools that can usually get pumped down, and you know, or run on coil tubing as gotcha. well. So do you see um, this being like the pipe? Pipe conveyed logging being done much here in the U.S. Or is, where do you see this being done mostly? Because uh, like here it, we it, pretty much always drill with what tools that that log, pretty much what just what we need, right? right for most of the shale horizontals. Right. So, um, you know, LWD tools are uh, surpassing, you know, wireline tools in some capabilities, especially you know well access in, in horizontal wells like this. It's a lot easier just to get the logs you need on LWD. You're down there drilling anyways. Mm -hmm. You can get you know sufficient data, adequate uh, data quality using LWD. Mm -hmm. However, if you have an exploration well or uh, you know an appraisal well, you need the absolutely best you know data quality that you can attain, and and there's no way to do that other than with wireline tools. Um, so if you have a deviated well. Uh, and it's exploration or appraisal, you've got to run uh, traditional wireline logs. Okay, um, gotcha. And, and you've got to get them down there somehow. So it's mm -hmm. it's either going to be pipe conveyed like this um, or or some other way to get them okay. all the way down yeah, to the bottom. Yeah, just to be more like special special project kind of wells, kind of exploration. Right, gotcha. yeah. So so TLC or, uh, you know, pipe conveyed logging is uh, not, I would say, widespread um, but depending on where you go, it, it can be quite prevalent. Uh, you know, I was mm -hmm. working in the Middle East in a tiny little island nation of Bahrain, mm -hmm. and uh, they were drilling, you know, a horizontal well every few days with a couple of their rigs, and they didn't have the LWD tools, didn't want the LWD tools for whatever reason, and we were doing it all on uh, on pipe. So I was doing, you know, pipe conveyed logging once or twice a week. Mm. Whereas a lot of locations, they might do it, you know, once every few months. Gotcha. So that's pretty interesting. It, it de yeah, it depends on the client, depends on the rig rate, um, and and tool availability, stuff like that. So. Gotcha. And just for anybody wondering, too, LWD logging while drilling, we've had yes. episodes on that as well. So check that out. <laughs> we've had uh, David Gibson on a, at least an episode or two, and he's talked about things in those realm and that realm. So check those episodes out if you're more interested to learn more about that. But with that said, yeah. I'll let you continue on your... <laughs> sure, yeah. So I, I don't want to belabor pipe conveyed logging too much. If anybody really wants to uh, <clears throat> you know, get a better picture of that in their mind, um, I think Schlumberger's got a good uh, you know, tutorial on their site, or you can probably just Google you know, pipe conveyed logging. They've mm -hmm. got a good illustration you can check out there gotcha. uh, just to clear up any uh, remaining am ambiguity that I'm sure I've... <laughs> you know, put into everybody's head here. Um, but uh, anyway, so so pipe conveyed logging is all about pushing tools to the end of uh, the well. Once you get to the TD, you can um, continue logging. Uh, you're going to be logging on the way down to TD because you never know if you're going to crush your tools or not. But once you're at TD, you turn them on, you open your calipers, you, you know, make sure all your sensors are working, and then you start pulling back out a hole uh, with... Um, you know the drill string, so you're you're pulling mm -hmm. it back up the well. You keep logging until you get to where the side entry sub is back on surface, and at that point you've got to unlatch uh, that special wet connect head and retrieve your cable, and 
you know, back to surface, rig that mm -hmm. down, and then keep tripping back out with drill pipe until your tools are back at surface. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, then, and, and that's the end of that job right there. And what was the main reason not to just trip in with that, uh, the, other, the full wet connect head on it? Right. So, so. Just so it's not outside more pipe that it doesn't need to be? Or? Right. Okay. Yeah. So ideally you don't want your cable to be outside drill pipe in open hole. Okay. Gotcha. Um, because especially like coming right out of the casing shoe right there, there's kind of, uh, you, you don't know what condition that, um, uh, yeah. that casing shoe is going to be in. It could be kind of ragged. It could be, you know, a sharp edge and mm -hmm. that's almost guaranteed to get your cable smashed. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I mean, not, yeah, it, it's just a risky thing to do. And, mm -hmm. and the more, uh, cable outside a drill pipe in open hole or in the horizontal section of the well, uh, the, the more risk of damage there. So, mm. Gotcha. It's it's just better to you, you've got to have a side entry sub somewhere, mm -hmm. um, so you might as well do it as far up the string as you can. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yep, and and there's actually situations where say your casing shoes at uh, let's just throw out a number two thousand feet, but your oh, well my. is <laughs> is is six thousand feet deep. Yeah. I mean, this is a situation I ran into all the time in in Bahrain because they were you know shallow wells, but you know longer horizontals. Hmm. So you've actually got to Run down with your tools, put your side entry sub in, uh, you know, log half of the open hole section, pull back out, disconnect with the uh, wireline cable, run more drill pipe in, do the side entry sub further up the string, and mm. run in and log the bottom half of the well, too. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's I was kind of wondering that. I, I didn't ask it, but I, yeah. I was wondering about that. I, I just thought, maybe, well, maybe they just log, you know, the the portion of the lateral that they can and just say well the rest of it should be you know continuity you know continuity is con the same <laughs> yeah. <the> is. <laughs> right yeah yeah homogenous sure let's go with that <laughs> yeah sure uh yeah um no but you you do a double latch there and it's uh it, it's fine to do it's just a little more work and a little more headache and gotcha means you're on well site for their 24 hours without mm -hmm. sleep so you know yeah i'm sure this the isn't a there, real quick operation <laughs> No, no. So a normal, normal wireline in a in a job like this, if you're not deviated, that'd be you know four to six hours probably, mm -hmm. um, depending gotcha. on the well depth, of course, and gotcha. what you're logging. Um, if you're on pipe, it's going to be 24 or 36 hours. So you're okay. you're really stretching it out because you're you're waiting on drill pipe to to trip in instead of just spooling off a cable mm -hmm. drum. But you say this can be done on on coil as well. Yeah. So. So something I'm uh, just going to touch on real quick is that mm -hmm. you can do this on coiled tubing, which is basically a stiff wire line. Um, and so you're not making and breaking drill pipe connections all the time. You can push uh, your tools down to the bottom of the well again. But this is usually done in you know case hole or production logging where your tools are lighter uh, or you can run them in memory mode so you don't need that cable connection up to surface. Um, but it's it, it, it's seen even more rarely than pipe conveyed logging. Mm. Yeah, it, it depends on you know a lot of different things, borehole geometry, blah blah blah. But there's no side entry sub in this situation. You, your cable is actually just pre-threaded through the uh, coil tubing, hmm. which is interesting. I've I've never run a coil tubing job myself, so I don't know all the details here. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it sounds like it would be easier. For the wireline engineer uh, to do, you know, you just have the coil tubing people run their stuff um, mm -hmm. instead of having to monitor the driller and make sure he doesn't crush your cable and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, di different way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But I've it I, again, there's probably one job a year in most districts for that, <laughs> if 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 any. So yeah, I'd imagine that's a, that's yeah. a chore in and of itself, just pre pre threading that or pre pre running yeah, it through I, the the coil tubing itself. Right. I, I assume that coil tubing companies just have one of their spools with a cable through it already, because mm -hmm. it must be an absolute, you know, chore, like you said, oh, just yeah. to have yeah. one of those, uh, you know, threading through. I, I'm not even sure how they do it. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Maybe one day I will learn. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll maybe get we'll a coil tubing it. person on the podcast and, <laughs> right. and, yeah. and tell us. You'll yeah. be like, oh, that's how it is. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be like that Rob Chocolate guy. He had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, 
Um, all right, so I, I know we've got limited time here, so I'm not going to make this into a two-episode marathon like I did last time. Um, but so, so pipe convey logging, you're pushing the tools. You can actually go the opposite route and do something called tractor-conveyed logging. So the concept is similar. You've got a horizontal well or a highly deviated well. You need to get your tools to TD. Instead of uh, you know pushing them with, with pipe, you're pulling them with a tool called a tractor. And you're going to rig up your, your wireline tool string as normal, but you're going to include a what's called you know this, this tractor. You, you think of you know your harvesting grain out in the field. No, it's a tractor at its very basic you know root Latin root more or less is something that pulls. So this this tractor's in your wireline tool string, and basically it just has powered wheels that you can tell it to deploy on command to grip the borehole wall and pull the tools along the borehole all the way down to TD. Um, so in an ideal situation, you run your wireline down into the well as far as gravity will let you until it stops moving. And then at that point, you say, all right, let's you know switch to, to the tractor, turn it on, open up these arms that have the wheels on them that contact the borehole wall, and it's got treads on it so that it can grip into the into the rock of the borehole wall and it just starts uh, turning those wheels and pulling the tools all the way down to TD. Um, and that, that adjusts pretty easily for like you know changes in, in wellbore diameter? Or... Uh, they're, they're usually on springs. Those okay. arms are on springs. I mean they, they open hydraulically but there's there's uh, you know some strong spring force that will that will keep them open. Um, uh, they, they uh, I'm sure there's other ways to adjust them up and down. I've actually never run a tractor job either. Uh, never got that opportunity because those are quite rare too. Um, but uh, yeah, just powered wheels up against the borehole wall, pulling your tools down to TD. Um, and, and there's multiple sets of these wheels on the tractor tool. So perhaps, you know, your front set of wheels uh, are pulling you along, you get into, you know, an open washout, uh, perhaps, and, and they don't contact the wall or they run into a ledge or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can close those ones off, use your wheels a little further back on the string to push your tool down a little further. And then you open up that front set again in the, uh, you know, borehole where it's uh, on the other side of the washout of the ledge, and you continue moving on that way. <clears throat> There's there's probably some fiddling around that goes on there too, but uh, it uh, you know ultimately will get you down to TD mm -hmm. if you're lucky. <laughs> and there's there's it, you know there, there's certain situations where the borehole is just in bad shape and you just can't do it. Right. Um, well, there, there's but, a certain amount of luck to everything that we do, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's all unknown down there. I mean, you've got yeah. you've got you know formations that are in who knows what shape five mm -hmm. miles below you. Right. And you're trying to get, you know, <laughs> five thousand pounds of tools to the bottom of, yeah, of the well. Yeah, and the hole might have been fine, you know, yesterday when you pulled all the tools yeah. out. But yeah, exactly. Things change. So <laughs> things change, or or you just don't know exactly what you're running into down there. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so once the tractor pulls the tool string all the way down to TD, you can, you know, turn the tractor off, close the uh, the wheel arms. And you just pull your tools back up to surface, logging as you go. Um, and you might have to make multiple passes, so maybe you get back to the casing shoe, turn the tractor back on, it pulls you back down so you can cover another zone uh, again. Um, but uh, you've got a little bit of flexibility there mm -hmm. to, to do so. Yeah, these things um, are these things are pretty cool. Uh, I've seen a couple um, like at uh, expos and stuff uh, sitting out. Yeah. And they, they, the, the people that sell them really talk about them like, you know, they're the bomb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, the greatest yeah, I mean, things out there. But I'm, I'm guessing they're it, not used as much just because what expensive and it's going to be slower, right? Then, well, maybe not than uh, uh, pipe conveyed logging, but uh, slower than right. other options. In, in a lot of situations, they're going to be faster than pipe conveyed logging. I mean, one, you can get uh, the tools down most of the way on gravity and then mm -hmm. just in the deviated part you can uh you know do the tractor mm -hmm. and it's gonna actually be moving a little faster than uh tripping pipe mm -hmm. depending on how good your rig crew is i guess but, uh, <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to offend any, uh, you know, roughnecks out right. there. Right, <laughs> yeah. They might be still uh, slinging chains and stuff. Throwing yeah, chains. exactly, <laughs> yeah. I've seen those guys move. It's really impressive. But, yeah. Uh, um, it, yeah, it, it, anyways, there are some drawbacks, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, benefits too. So it, it all just depends on the exact situation, you know. Evaluate on a case-by-case basis, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the drilling engineer is going to try the one that uh, has the most promise there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, th- there's other ways that we can help tools get down. I mean, if you're in a purely horizontal well, you've got no gravity helping you at all. You know, if you're in 90 degrees, there's nothing you can do, you know, to the tool string other than push it or pull it that is going to assist gravity with getting your tool all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few accessories you can put on your tool string to, you know, maybe reduce friction, perhaps. Okay. I mean, let's, let's do a little scenario here. Imagine you're sitting in your car, you know, at the top of a hill. You've got plenty of those out in Denver. I think they call them mountains. <laughs> uh, I, w- I wouldn't Just know much about that over here in Houston. But, uh, <laughs> you know, once upon a time, I, I, I knew elevation changes and all that. <laughs> um, now you just know but, what flooding. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. pretty much a tropical <laughs> rainstorm. Changes of water. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much our story down here. <laughs> Getting crazy. Anyway, so you're you're sitting in your car, top of a hill, you know, uh, facing down that hill. Except I've taken the wheels off your car. So how how steep does that hill have to be before your your car actually starts sliding down the hill? You know, mm. maybe it's 45 degrees, maybe it's 60 degrees, but it, it's all depending on how much friction is between, you know, the underbody of your car and the hill itself. Mm-hmm. And if we look at wireline tools in a wellbore, it's the same exact situation. If you've got a wireline tool, just, you know, more or less a dumb piece of metal with some, you know, funky sensors on it, sitting on a rock wellbore, uh, it's only going to slide if your your friction forces are less than, uh, you know, the amount of gravity that is pulling it down. So um, if you get, uh, you know, closer to horizontal, it's not going to slide at all because that that friction force is just too mm-hmm. much for gravity to overcome. Mm-hmm. And 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 on a traditional wireline tool string. Your your coefficient of friction, or your, sorry, your your friction factor might be around 0.3 or 0.4. Uh, I mean, don't get held up on that number. Right. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep that particular number in mind. 0.3, 0.4. It's it's a number we put into you know some computer modeling to kind of see what type of tension or what type of uh, deviation we can get down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, th- that number can be a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the exact borehole or your tool geometry. Uh, what type of mud you have in the borehole, for instance, mm-hmm. yeah, you might have a just like it'd be different mud. depending on what car you have facing downhill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. might have a big old heavy semi truck <laughs> or something like that with a lot yeah, of nasty stuff on points. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say I give you your wheels back, like you might think is logical <laughs> to have on a car. That car's going to roll down pretty much any hill. You know, five degrees. Uh, of uh, you know above horizontal, so you're you're probably gonna gonna get it rolling down like that. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of situations, you can do that for your the wireline tools as well. You just put some wheels on it, and it's gonna roll. You're reducing mm-hmm. your friction from you know that 0.3 or 0.4 down to 0.1, maybe 0.05. So you're you're chopping off 80 80 maybe 90 percent of your friction. Hmm by putting these wheels on and does it depends that, on the type of wheels you've got. Yeah. Does that, does um, that take a while to do? I'm mean, I assume that for one, it'd be hard to do, you know, with, with using a lubricator and like, cause I'm thinking like, I always go back to like, you know, what we're actually doing on, on horizontal wells with the shales um, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think like how that would even be done, <laughs> but it doesn't sound how, uh, easy. Yeah. How getting wheels on the tool string. Yeah. Mean? Yeah. And I'm guessing it's not yeah. just right behind the tools. It's pro- you're, you're talking like it's actually on the line, right? Right. So, so the, the, well, yes and no. So the, the, the tool <laughs> string itself, uh, or the wheels that go on the tool string are designed for, um, that particular tool more or less, or that okay. diameter of tool. Um, so it's, it's a modular system. Obviously you want to make some wheels that'll fit on 
the the most tools that you can. Um, okay, so it's in mostly the most used on tools then. Manner. It's not right. Yeah, so it's not on the cable itself. Oh, okay. It's, it's on gotcha. the tools because the the tools are the heavy part. Gotcha. Um, and so, fortunately, a lot of tools out there are all the same diameter, or at least they have parts of them that are all the same diameter. So you you make a, a wheel that fits on a, a three and three eighths OD tool, or you know a mm -hmm. four and three quarters OD tool, um, like that. Mm -hmm. And you can you know manufacture you know a hundred of those and and have them applicable to many many tools. Yeah. Uh, that way, instead of making a custom wheel for every single type of tool. Uh, that, that, that's just economics of it you've got to work with. But mm -hmm. uh, um, basically, you, you, you're slipping these tools over, or sorry, you're slipping these wheels over the tools and then anchoring them to the tools somehow, uh, usually grub screws or you've got certain anchor points on the tools themselves that you, you anchor the wheels to so that the, the wheels aren't just you know sliding up and down the tools. Um, and there's companies out there that have... Uh, that have wheels that slide over, and then the, the wheels can rotate all around the, the tool so that uh, the, the the tool will slide down and, and the wheels will be pointed in the right direction no matter what. Mm. Um, that works kind of in theory. In <laughs> practice, in, in, in practice, it's uh, a little more difficult to get them all to line up properly, okay. um, potentially. Or you can go the other way and anchor your wheels in so that they are you know only in one situation so so think of like uh, a uh, a train more or less you know you got your Amtrak rolling by and you've got all the wheels on the bottom of the tool and you you know it's all facing in the same direction all rolling in the same direction working together mm -hmm. um, this way if you say bridge over a washout um, you aren't going to get your tools or your your wheels rotating around and then catching on the ledge on the other side of it. You've got your wheels pointed down so that they're ready to ride up over that uh, that ledge on the other side of the washout. So so just just like you know the the wheels on a train going down the train track. Gotcha. Um. And and, and depending on what wheels you've got. Uh, you might uh, get that friction factor, like I said, from you know 0 0.3 or 0 0.4 down to 0.1, or if you've got really good wheels, down to 0 0.05. So half of what uh, the, the competition's got. Mm, gotcha. And and that all helps. You know, the, the less friction you've got, the higher deviation you can go down. The more momentum you're keeping on your tool, so the less that uh, you know ledges or washouts or obstacles are going to slow your tool down as it tries to maintain momentum all the way down to the bottom of the well. Mm, gotcha. Um, so, so there's, there's other ways to uh, ensure that your tool is going to get all the way down to TD. Um, if you, you know, deviation isn't the only obstacle in a well that's going to keep you from doing that. I mean, you might have, um, you know, some cuttings built up in your well that are forming, a, you know, a barrier, or you might have, you know, a ledge or a washout, like I've been talking about, that will uh, prevent your tool string from getting all the way down. Um, you know, if you've got just this, you know, dumb steel pipe wireline tool trying to get down the well, and it comes into a washout, it's going to droop down to the low side and, and run into the ledge on the other side. So, uh, there's a few different ways that uh, people have tried to to deal with this in the past, and they weren't really, I would say, an engineered approach at it. Because if you think about it, you're 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 running down into a well, you've got that washout, your tool's definitely going to the low side of the hole, of course, um, and they would usually put what's called a hole finder assembly on the bottom of the tool string, and that usually uh, looked like, well, about a two-foot-long black rubber cone nose type thing, <laughs> which had a uh, probably not politically correct uh, nickname of a donkey dick. Well, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it, I guess, looks like. I've never looked real closely at a donkey, but uh, plenty, plenty of rig guys have. <laughs> Evidently, <suppose. laughs> 
Uh, evidently, Tells you what but, they do in uh, their free time. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not throwing shade anywhere, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you've been around the oil field, so you, you right. know it's not exactly politically correct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but if you think about it, all that rubber hole finder is going to do is droop further down to the low side of the well and catch the ledge even harder, and it's just going to plant your tool string into that ledge, just like you know a pole vaulter trying mm-hmm. to do. So you're you're not going to get your tools to ride up and over into the, you know, borehole on the other side of that washout. Um, so how do you get around that? Well, you're out in Denver. Uh, I, I mean, I, I suppose you haven't had a winter out there yet, but I'm sure you're going to get out into the mountains. Do some <laughs> it's coming. Skiing, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but you, uh, do you ski at all? Uh, yeah. You want to? Okay. Yeah. Good. Great. So, so how do we get over a little ledge like that? Well, we build a little ski tip, more or less, onto the end of the tool string. So you angle a you know rigid hole finder up uh, towards the top of the hole, and it acts like a ski tip, and you can just ride right over any ledge that you run into uh, on the other side of a washout like that. Um, but that only works if your tool string is oriented on wheels that are all on the same side of the tool string, like you know, carriages on a, on a, on a train. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my, my main client is, is a company called Petromac. Uh, they make a wire line wheel system with this hole finder with the ski tip, uh, design, uh, called the wireline express. Um, <laughs> it's, it's oriented in this way and they actually have the patent so that they're the only company that can do this. Um, which is, uh, I mean, just that's that's patent 101. You got to make sure you, that your invention right. is uh, is is protected on it. Um, so it's it's really an innovative system that has been engineered, uh, you know, from the ground up with wireline logging, you know, petrophysical data, and mechanical engineering all built in. Uh, you know, from the start, and mm-hmm. you're not just saying, "Oh, let, you know, wireline tools. Let's throw some wheels on them. I don't care what they look like or what they do or if they even work. Mm-hmm. Let's just do that." They've they've been meticulously engineered uh, to have absolutely every consideration, uh, you know, considered here um, to to ensure that the data you're getting out of your wireline uh, logging runs is uh, as best as it can be uh, obtained. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's some interesting stuff. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm really excited to be a, a part of their team and be uh, their representative in in North America uh, for their equipment. We work with all the biggest players. Yeah. Slumjay runs us, Halliburton, Baker. Um, you know, anytime there's a high profile well, even if it's not deviated, they want to run our equipment. Um, there's, you know, this meticulous engineering I've been talking about. There's mm-hmm. there's even other benefits for running. Uh, wheels like this on a, a wireline tool string. Um, in in deep wells, especially, there's going to be a difference in pressure between your well bore and your formation. I mean, if you don't have that difference in pressure, then your well blows out. But uh, <laughs> it, it, especially in deep wells, you can have a very high, you know, multi thousand psi difference between the well bore and uh, the formation. So your wireline tools, as they're sliding down the well bore, they're going to scrape off some of that mud cake, and then you've got them differentially stuck or suctioned onto the well bore. And and even if you can pull, you know, ten or twenty thousand pounds on your cable, there's so much surface area of wireline tool stuck on the well bore that uh, mm-hmm. you're 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 just you know vacuum sealed to the well bore. You're you're not getting free. Mm-hmm. But if you can reduce that contact area to maybe the tips of just some wheels like this, it helps you um, avoid being differentially stuck like this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as well, the the best uh, thing for petrophysicists, I would say, about this technology is that you can orient your wireline sensors. Um, you know, plenty of wireline sensors are omnidirectional, so they're measuring you know the gamma ray and all. You know, 360 degrees around the tool, or, or uh, you know, resistivity 360 degrees around the tool. But there are plenty that are directional and, and depend on um, the sensors being oriented in the right way uh, to obtain the best data. 
I mean, especially if you're doing uh, you know, like formation fluid sampling where you actually have to form a suction interface with the wall and, and pump formation fluid into the tool or cut a core from the side of the uh, borehole wall. Um, orientation there of the tool string is very important and uh, that can all be achieved with, uh, with the proper wheel system such as the one from Petromac. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, very, all, all very cool stuff. All the stuff I didn't even really ever really think about or have anybody go in depth on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, uh, like I said, uh, when we were trying to set this thing up, it might be a niche market, but it really applies <laughs> to anybody who is running wireline or yeah. drilling engineers who are going to have wireline run on their wells. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, it helps up, uh, helps out both sides of, uh, you know, the decision makers there, the petrophysicists love it because it mm -hmm. gives them great data and the drillers love it because it ensures or at least tr tremendously mitigates the uh, possibility that wireline tools are going to get stuck yeah. and lead to downtime and get in the way of them making whole, you know? Yeah, yeah. So sure. it, uh, it it helps smooth out some of those uh unanticipated uh you know npt due to right. trying to fish wireline tools yeah it's yeah. it's really some amazing stuff and it honestly should be run in every single well uh out there doesn't matter if you're 10 degrees deviated or 80 degrees deviated it should be on every two single tool string you've got very cool well yep Sounds like you've you've you're in a good spot. Sounds like you're enjoying what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it's a great team too. The the guy uh, who invented this stuff is a guy named Steve McCormick. He's from New Zealand, um, and that's that's where the company's based out of. Hmm. Uh, but he he started his career. Uh, his training was in mechanical engineering. Um, he started as a wireline engineer, and then he did you know 20 25 years as an independent uh, you know petrophysicist. You know, well site consultant. So he takes those those three different facets, and it's just the perfect storm of of being able to make the uh, right conveyance system for wireline tools. It's it's great stuff. It's a great guy, and he's assembled a great team around him too. Yeah, and always, I'm always just, pretty cool. Like to, I said, really happy. Yeah, to be a part of it. So absolutely, it's it's pretty cool to always see how see where everybody's background is and you know where the people who started these companies and came up with these inventions and stuff where they're where they're from and, and what they've been exposed to and what led to the development of it and everything so pretty pretty cool background but yeah thanks yep. again for for taking the time out of your your evening again to, to record this episode here with us and you're always welcome back you always bring such great material so all right <laughs> keep thanks, that in Jerry mind but, <laughs> all right, i guys, appreciate it yeah thanks so much for for being on and thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you all in the next episode take care